Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph and Tara, where we share our knowledge as we chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph. And this is Tara. And you are listening to episode 64, Ostara and the Pagan Origins of Easter. Ta-da! <laughs> we have this year already done some pagan origins of different holidays, but for Ostara and Easter, they are so closely tied that there's just not enough information to even separate them. No. <laughs> so <laughs> unlike uh, Halloween, which is very different from Samhain and Christmas, which has a lot of things that are not included in Yule, there's just a lot of ways that we can go with pagan holidays but pagan origins of easter is just basically the same thing as ostara so they are combined into this episode so let's get into the history and traditions of ostara ostara falls on march 20th this year and if you ordered your sabbat boxes hopefully you already have those in hand and (laughs) it is also known as the vernal or spring equinox it is widely celebrated by Wiccans and some pagans, but definitely not everyone. This is not a major holiday like Beltane, guys. The core point of the Wheel of the Year is recognizing and appreciating seasonal changes. So Ostara is all about all things spring. Mm -hmm. It is connected to fertility as well as the concept of balance, since it's one of the two equinoxes where day and night are equal in length, and the other one is Mabon in autumn. Yes. So Ostara is also related to renewal and hope. Historically, many pagans celebrated festivals for the spring equinox, and most of them were associated with fertility. So there is a a lot of overlap between them, but no general consensus on exactly where Ostara comes from. Uh, There's many traditions all over the world but we are going to just uh, go over one of these festivals which was called Ostare when and it's spelled e-o-s-t-r-e and Ostare was a northern european goddess of fertility and that is clearly where the name easter came from as well as the hormone estrogen so fun facts (laughs) fun facts for you Ostare is a Germanic goddess of spring and the dawn, and her particular history as a deity that people worshipped is uncertain. So she is mentioned in the writings of an 8th century monk, and he reported that pagan Anglo-Saxons in Northumbria, which is now known as Northern England and Southeast Scotland, held festivals in her honor during the month of April, but that is about the only historical mention. So a lot of scholars leave, believe that this monk invented her. So it's definitely Which is completely possible. <laughs> it's it's completely possible, but it, since it's the only historical mention of that name specifically, can't can't be sure. But by the 19th century, she had become part of a Germanic mythology and was then added to a lot of German literature and paintings. So even if she didn't exist you know, as far back as the 8th century, she definitely did by the 19th century. So, adopted from someplace. And the way that she turned into Ostara 
because they were not originally the same, the goddess Ustara was written about by the brothers Grimm, actually, the Grimm, Grimm fairy tales. Uh, Jacob Grimm specifically wrote a lot about Germanic mythology. And in particular, uh, goddess Ostara and Oster kind of connecting them as being the same thing and connected her with dawn and light returning to the world, which sort of then made the connection to Jesus as the light of the world and that returning light associated with Easter. On the old Germanic calendar, the equivalent month to April was Ostar Mond or Easter month. And as a holiday, Easter predates Christianity by quite a bit because originally Easter was the name for the spring equinox. The date of Christian Easter changes every year because it is based on a more pagan style solar calendar. So Easter, the the actual Christian holiday, not the predecessor, <laughs> falls on the Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So that is how they figured out in case you were wondering why Easter it always changes. changes and Lent always changes and Fat Tuesday always changes. I know that's a hard way to count, but yes, the Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. <laughs> so most of the symbolism around Easter comes from the pagan celebrations of spring and the equinox. And that is specifically where you get this idea of the Easter hare, because the Easter hare is a totem animal of a lot of lunar goddesses, like Hecate, um, Freya, Holda. So sacred to lunar goddesses. And since the date of Easter is based on this full moon date, that is why there are many hairs associated with Easter. And of course, hairs are associated with fertility, you know, breathing like bunnies. Yes. <laughs> so that is why um, this, this idea of the hair is associated with this spring equinox. And uh, that we talked about in last year's episode, all about the you know, correspondences and how to celebrate. So we did talk about um, hairs and, and eggs and <laughs> all kinds of things like that. Um, so if you are interested in all of those specific things, you know, colors and crystals and things like that, that would be in last year's episode. But we just wanted to bring in a few of the things that come from these pagan traditions that are still associated with Easter that you could do. So obviously the Easter bunny and working with the spirit of the hair and uh, decorating altar with, you know, pictures of a hair or something like that. Um, it's definitely that symbol of fertility and that connection to the moon and lunar goddesses. The egg itself is a Full symbol of, of rebirth. <laughs> yeah. And connected to the fact that chickens are returning to an egg laying schedule because chickens don't lay eggs in the winter and painting Easter eggs bright, colors is also the egg association and reflect spring flowers blossoming at this time. So those are the main sort of core tenets of Easter symbolism and things that you can do to celebrate. And in case you are wondering why those are part of Easter in the Christian association, um, that's why they have nothing to do with 
with Jesus Christ. They have everything to do <laughs> with spring and pagan and spring renewals and this the ancient pre-Christian celebration of the spring equinox and nothing to do with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Not at all. Uh so that is kind of the the history of this goddess of stare and pagan traditions which led into what we have as Wiccan traditions, which were obviously we talked about last week, Gerald Gardner kind of combining all of these and setting up this like wheel of the year idea. So we'll let Tara take it away, getting into what the Wiccan traditions are. So I'm just going to note here, uh, I know you mentioned it, but Gardner, he kind of created the wheel of the year and he did base it on historical facts, but there's nowhere in recorded history any civilization that celebrated all eight of these holidays that we now consider the Wiccan high holidays or Sabbaths. And so um, they kind of pulled from a lot of other things. There are ties to the God and goddess and their different aspects, but different sects celebrate in slightly different ways. So I'm going to kind of take you over a little overview here. (laughs) So um, uh, the God and goddess, as we talked about, uh, they go through different aspects throughout the year. At this time of the year, the God is a youth coming into maturity before marrying at the Sabbath, um, at the next Sabbath, which is Beltane, which is one of my favorites. And the goddess is firmly in her maiden aspect. So she's sometimes called the spring maiden during this holiday. Uh, she's just beginning to become fertile and it's all about growth and readiness to be reborn. Um, a lot of her aspects change at Beltane, but this is kind of the turning point for the power of the god and goddess because during the dark part of the year, winter, the god is usually more predominant uh, and he's worshipped not necessarily more, but he's a lot bigger focus than in the summertime when the goddess and her fertility are really the focal point of a lot of traditions. So this is uh, both about balance and about coming changes, which is all of life basically. And uh, it's about the shift from winter to summer. It's really um, the God's power is waning as the goddess is finding her maiden aspect and really coming into her own and about to go to the, um, Anyway, not going to Beltane, but so this is all about both balance and change. So it's the triumph of light over dark, warmth over cold, day over night, a new life, renewal, um, rebirth. So it's a, another great time to do spring cleaning, both physical and mental, which we had talked about um, a little bit. Different traditions, uh, different sects have very different traditions that are specific to this time of year. But this is not a big group holiday very much. It's usually more of a family uh, or coven holiday. It's focused more on a small group. But it can be a lot of fun uh, with dyeing eggs, egg hunts, egg races, make hot cross buns, which are delicious, and honey cakes. Honey is often placed on altars because this is when bees are starting to become active and they have honey again. Um, If you were harvesting your own honey, be very careful because they're only starting to make honey at this point. You don't want to over harvest because you can harm the hive itself. 
this is actually true all the time, but they just don't have a lot of honey at this point, but usually a little bit of honey is placed on altars. Um, this is a great time to bless seeds that have, that are to be planted or seedlings that you planted during the last Sabbath. Uh, depending on where you live, this is the time when I personally take all the seeds that I planted at the last Sabbath and they've become seedlings and I can plant them outside because it's finally warm and sunny enough that they're going to survive. <laughs> Cause before that they didn't. <laughs> so this is not a major holiday for me. So I'm just giving you a very big overview because the next one is one of my favorite holidays. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting that, um, it is a major point on the calendar being the yes. spring equinox. And there obviously are a ton of celebrations, but Ostara is not one of the more popular or well-known Sabbaths on the wheel of the year for some reason, I guess. Um, I, not, not as high popular as like jumping fires and Beltane and decorating with skulls for Samhain. It's just Easter. <laughs> so. And I think, Part of that is Easter is so prevalent everywhere, but also because this is a lot about hearth and home and balance. So I think a lot of people balance the crazy socialness of Beltane by staying in for this one. (laughs) That would make sense. This is just a lot more about private traditions, smaller family things. Yeah. But it's a good time to go for a nature walk because nature actually looks pretty and it might be warm. (laughs) Finally. Well, we'll, we will uh, definitely see about that. Yeah, we'll definitely (laughs) see about that. It hasn't come yet. Uh, We are recording this early, of course, we always do to get it up on time for you. So we don't know exactly what the weather will be. But I know historically in Chicago, it is always really, really beautiful the Saturday before um, St. Patrick's Day. And it has like great weather. Chicagoans are in like t-shirts and shorts. But the time before that is really cold. And then the week after that is always freezing. It's just like really nice this one day. Like they want, I mean, nobody's doing it this year, but there's always, there's usually like bar crawls and stuff on that weekend because it's always so nice and everybody's out. And then the week after that, it gets freezing. So I imagine that's what's going to happen this year, that the 20th is going to be cold, but you know, I'm fingers crossed for some nicer weather. We will see. But it, usually around here and in Chicago, from what I remember, uh, because it's so nice right before, even though it might be colder, flowers are going to start popping up. New grass is going to be there. Um, snow should mostly be melted. Hopefully knock on wood. (laughs) We've had a lot of snow this year, but it's a nice time to try and get out at least a little bit, start reconnecting with nature. Like I said, it's all about balance. You've usually spent the winter months, at least I have kind of hibernating at home, trying to stay warm. And this is when you start to get hope that, oh, spring and summer is coming. So, and we have lots to share about all of the Sabbaths, but specifically talking about Ostara over on Patreon. Uh, every Sabbath, we have a uh, cocktail, a recipe, and a quick spell that you can do that's completely different from what's in. Uh, the Sabbath box. So if you are not over on Patreon, definitely head over there and check that out for all kinds of, you know, easy things that you can do to recognize this holiday and celebrate, um, even if you are just on your own. Um, all fun ways. And we obviously love doing cocktails and recipes. So it's like a great way to celebrate anything. But Everything. A star in particular. <laughs> so head over to Patreon. We will definitely link that in the show notes, but it's always linked on our website. 
um, and over on Instagram and specifically on our website, we did not share in this uh, podcast episode about the history of Ostara and the hair and where this idea of an, of an egg laying rabbit even came from. It's um, a fun story guys. Because even I mean, rabbits don't lay eggs. We, we all know this. <laughs> so where does this sort of idea of an egg laying rabbit come from? Obviously no Christian associations with that. That is not a, a Jesus Bible construct. Um, yep. It definitely came from pagan history, but it's not as ancient as the celebrations. It's actually a more modern story uh, that came up with in the 19th century. So we are actually going to share that over on the blog. It'll be up as you are listening to this episode. So if you would like to know the history of this idea of the egg laying hair, there are a couple of uh, variations to this story. So we are definitely going to share them over there. And that is at whichwednesdays.com. And that is all we have to share with you for this episode. Uh, Nice and short one. Because <laughs> last it week, does uh, happen not often, but it doesn't happen do often. It. But um, last week was a long one. We have some long ones coming up, so a little, little short one in here for you guys. And if you have any other Ostara history facts or recipes or spells that you would like to share, definitely check out Discord as well. That's linked over on our website and on Instagram. If you would like to chat with the community about what everyone is doing for this holiday, all about fertility and balance. And coming changes. That is all we have for you this week. We will see you next week for an episode all about the air element. I'm excited, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to our Patreon account for tons of exclusive bonus content and order supplies from our Etsy store. Reach out on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast or by email to witchwednesdays at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.